0: I want you to think um, with me for just a moment, what would be different in your life, what would be different in your life if, in fact, you knew that Jesus was going to return in 2023, 12 years from now? Or if you knew that Jesus was going to return in 2022, 12 months from now? or in June of 21 12 weeks from now because as believers we are quite confident that he will return and we are quite confident that it's conceivable that he could return at any of those times it's conceivable whether it will happen or not we don't know but at some point I want us to approach the idea of prayer with a sense of urgency that we may not have historically had You know, the day before you go on vacation, you know how you just get a ton of work done? That's what I want to ask us to do as as we consider prayer during this month. I just want to get a ton of work done. For me, I, I I want my prayer to be tied to action. I want my prayer to be tied to decisiveness and to boldness. I want to invite each of us into just a new level of missional living with this sense of urgency. Not asleep, but fully alert. So prayer the posture that we come, the the position that we come, the power and the practical uh, ties of it, the posture that we come. We come before the God of the universe. This is what he says about himself. He says that he is the Lord of the earth. He is the strong one. He is the one who sees us. He is the shepherd. He is the provider, the almighty. He is the sanctifier, the most high. He says about himself that he will heal, that he is always present, that he is the God of our salvation, the God of heaven, that he is a refuge and the avenger. He will protect us. He will provide for us when others come against us. He is the God of forgiveness, the everlasting God, our helper, our rock, our defense, and our redeemer. This God that we have the privilege of coming to. He's all that and more. So when we think about walking through a day and not calling on that provider, that protector, that healer, that blaze of righteousness, who misses out on that? Who loses out on that? I am mindful that uh, when we uh, gather in a group like this, that there are every number of um, realities in, in your lives um, that, uh, that could be. There could be financial hardships. There could be people um, right now who are without jobs and, and, and are continuing to say, God, how long? How long, Lord, must I be without a job? Um, some of you, um, you know, or you experiencing um, hardships such that uh, mortgages could be foreclosed upon. That there's relational stress with spouses or with children or with parents. That there's health concerns, fear of the unknown. That there's abuse. Psychological abuse, addictive abuse, bondages. And yet God says, I am the way. I am the sanctifier. I am the healer. I am ever present. I will be with you. I will be your help. Lean on me. I am your rock. And this is what he says about us. God's position. He's all that and more. And he says about us that we're his children. That we're his friends. That we're justified because of the grace of Jesus Christ. That we're united. We're a part of a family. That we've been bought with a price. That we are saints. That we're adopted. We are adopted children of God. With every right that an adopted child has to the inheritance of a loving father we're redeemed we're forgiven we're complete we're forever free from condemnation and nothing can separate us from that love from the love of God he has established us he has given us not a, a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of self control in him we can find grace and mercy in our time of need in him we are not only chosen and appointed but we will by his power bear fruit and we can be a minister of recon- reconciliation he says this about us he says when god could do no better he created us he we are his poema his masterpiece when god could do no better when the architects could do no better they built this beautiful sanctuary and Michelangelo could do no better. He created masterpiece after masterpiece. I want to open up God's word to Acts chapter 9, verses 32 through 43. Acts chapter 9, verses 42 through 43. You know, you might say, well, what, what exactly are some, some practices or some tools regarding prayer? You know, we could, we could work through that. We could work through, many of you familiar with the, the concept of Acts, or uh, I, I, I use the language practice tac, taxes, uh, T-A-C-I-S, uh, thanksgiving, adoration, confession of sins, intercession of sins, um, supplication. We can do that. But rather than talk about those things today, rather than go to a prayer breakfast and talk about prayer, rather than us sit in a small group and talk about our prayer requests and, and rarely get around to doing anything other than the small group leader saying, well, we're about out of time. How about if I just close this in a quick prayer? Rather than that today, I, wanna, I want us to pray. So we're going to pray through this service. Is that okay with you? Uh, Acts chapter 9 beginning with verse 32. As Peter was traveling from place to place, we're seeing that the church had grown. As Peter was traveling from place to place, he came down to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and has been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you, God the healer. Get up, make your bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived there saw him and turned to the Lord. Do you believe that that was just for then? Or is it possible that that could be for today? Do you believe that there are people in your world? Do you believe that there are people in your world who are bedridden? Maybe physically bedridden, maybe psychologically bedridden, maybe just completely sidelined for whatever reason. And they've been there for eight years. And you, by the power of God's Holy Spirit, can go and intercede for them and to be able to say, John, Beth, whomever, get up. I want to come. I want to to bring you the love of Jesus. I want to bring you the power of Jesus spoken into them. God did it then. And I want to offer up that God can do it today. And it's on our watch that we have the opportunity to intercede, to intercede for others. Read on. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. She was always doing good works and acts of charity. About that time, she became sick and died. After washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him who urged him Don't delay in coming to us. Peter got up and went with them. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs. So people had said, don't delay. (laughs) I wonder if they were anticipating that Peter was going to do what he was about to do, or what God was going to do. All All the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down, prayed, and turning toward the body, he said, Tabitha get up. She opened her eyes, this dead woman, opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. He called the saints and the widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout all of Joppa. You know, we read that, and we kind of read it, at least if I read it, six o'clock in the morning, six thirty in the morning, All the widows approached him weeping and showing his robes and clothes and Dorcas had made them and Peter sent them all out of the room and he knelt down and he prayed and turned the body and Tabitha got up and she opened her eyes and Peter sat and he gave his hand and helped her and finished with chapter 9. Are we kidding ourselves about the fact that God bursts into this woman's life? and raises her from the dead. And God can do that. God can do that in ways that we can't even hope or imagine if we will only step in faith, if we will do our part. Men and women of God, I want to encourage us that this is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. He doesn't say if we ask anything according to His will, He'll do it in the next 30 seconds. He says He hears us. And we know that if He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. That's what 1 John says. He will give us His deliverance in His time, in His perfect time. Do you believe that? Do you believe that enough that you would be willing to ask God for something that may be like way out there? you believe that, and, and will you continue to just be persevering? I have a friend um, who uh, had Lou Gehrig's disease. He's passed away, but um, in the latter stages of um, that space in his world, he and his wife were driving down the road one day, and um, he couldn't catch his breath, and so they stopped on the side of the road at 694, uh, like Shingle Creek, and he went to open the door, and he kind of fell out, and it was real clear that he needed help. So an ambulance came, and uh, brought him to the hospital and, uh, and there at the hospital the prognosis was that um, he was on a ventilator and that um, that he could not no longer breathe on his own and that he was going to die as soon as they took him off the ventilator. We were in a community group with them and we, we uh, all the community group gathered and pastor of the church gathered and, and, uh, and, um, and I'm reading God's word and God raises sick people and and uh so i said to our pastor do you think maybe we should just go and lay hands on him and uh maybe anoint him with oil and and pastor a great brother a great great friend of of ours to this day um said you know it's it's sometimes it's just his time he he cannot live without a ventilator You know, and so we just we can go pray, but but um, you know we just have to recognize that this is God's time, and uh, and I heard that, but at the same time I had just a little bit of stubbornness, and I just wanted to check on the Lord here, and so a friend of mine, and I we snuck into the guy's room, and we had a little vial of oil, and we anointed him, and we prayed, and we prayed, God, would you just would you heal him? Would you would you would you if if you'd be gracious enough, would you would you heal him? Pretty audacious prayer because the doctors, you know but we snuck back out of the room, and uh, the next day, um, the family had said their goodbyes, and the next morning, they were going to take him off the vent, well, they took him off the vent, and and he lived, uh, shouldn't have lived, but he lived for another, I don't know, 11 or 12 days, or something like that, right, I have no idea whether that's because my friend and I snuck in and prayed for him, but I know, I know that I know that I know that at least we did our part, right, to try, so, you know, if if you guys hear that uh, I'm about to die, please sneak into the room and If I'm on a vent, please pray for me and see if God might uh, do do a miracle in my life as well. So if we're honest, uh, oftentimes we will choose, uh, with a headache, we'll choose uh, Tylenol. If if we've got uh, a fever, we will choose uh, whatever. We will choose something else. In a marriage conflict, we will choose a uh, counselor. In, uh, in a job conflict, we will choose HR. Um, when, uh, when we're looking for new places to travel or homes or whatever else, we'll, we'll choose Google. Nothing wrong with any of that, but do we first choose God? Do we first go to the Lord? Do we say, Lord, what would you have? What would you have for me? Would you, would you touch my brain in such a way that my head would no longer throb? Would you, uh, would you intercede, God? Would you blaze your Holy Spirit in the event that uh, our marriage is not as strong as it could be? Um, for some of us as believers, we believe in God for others, but it's hard for us to believe in God for ourselves, right? Um, and, uh, and so I just want to encourage us to say, you know, why is that? What is it in terms of our misunderstanding or our thinking that might be somewhat confused. I have, uh, Christine, I have three children, and uh, and as a dad, I would do anything. I would do anything to bless them that would not harm them. You know, they can figure out stuff on their own. They don't need us for, for much, but it blesses us richly when they'll come to us, when they'll come to us for wisdom, because they know that we've gone through the school of hard knocks. They'll come to us for counsel because they value that we will give them an unadulterated uh, truth. They'll, they'll maybe sometimes come to us for resources because they, they don't have resources. And as a loving father, we would want to do, father and mother, we would want to do anything that we could for them. Few things bless us more when they will come. And few things even bless us more than when they will come with a repentant or remorse-filled heart. And say, I, I have so messed things up. I need help. I need to seek your forgiveness. I am so sorry. And what does a, a dad want to do? What does a mom want to do? You're like, oh, thank you. I love you. We're okay. It's going to be okay. And for the mess that you've caused, I want to help you uh, get out of it. I want to, I want to help you walk through If at all possible, sometimes as a loving father, sometimes when we go to God and we don't hear the right answer, the answer that we would like right away, sometimes there's a delay, a delay that is uh, short or long or maybe even seems like forever. And, uh, And and there could be any number of reasons that there's that delay. Most of the time, I'm pretty certain that at least with my kids, that the delay is tied to what I know is best for my kids and they just can't see it. You know, if, I, if I if I had resources, if I had money and I gave the, gave the money to a 16-year-old, they're not going to handle it near as well as a 26-year-old would. And frankly, as a 36-year-old or maybe even a 46-year-old. And so I may delay some things, even though they would want some immediate gratification, right? What I know is this, I may not say yes right now, but I always, always, always will have their best interest in mind. So, practically, how do we address this idea of prayer as we step into this month? You know, for me, I pray with, uh, with my Bible open. I pray uh, as I'm reading, uh, something strikes me, and I say, Lord, help me to understand that. Lord, help me to be that person. Lord, help me. Lord, I confess that that convicts me uh, about uh, some issue. I'll, I'll turn to, uh, some of you have heard me say this before, I'll turn to a psalm like... Uh, Uh, Psalm 13, and uh, maybe Mike even mentioned that last week. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up my anxious concerns? There's agony in my mind. How long will my enemy dominate me? God, hear my prayer. God loves that we are so brutally honest with him. God, God longs that we can be that honest with him, that we can painfully pour out uh, the truth in uh, in our lives as it relates to Him. I want you just to pray with me. Um, each of you uh, have children, or anticipate having children, or no children, and I just want you to pray. Um, right now, we're going to pray for some things regarding you. But if you'll just bow your heads, I'm just going to pray uh, the Scripture. I said that I, I opened the word and I pray the scripture. I'm going to pray the scripture as it relates to the children of uh, of our church and of uh, the influence that we have. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for salvation, that you have called us unto you. We praise you for that. Would you call the children that we know and love and influence unto you, Father, for, for grace, God, that they might grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, uh, that they might have a love for you, Jesus, that they might be um, boys and girls that would grow up into men and women of integrity and uprightness, Father, that they would be alert and self-controlled towards the uh, tactics of the enemy, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would give them a love for your word, as, uh, as uh, Psalm 1910 says, Father, that, that they might act justly and that they might love mercy, Father, that the children of this church and the children we have relationships with might walk humbly, God, with you, And that they might be merciful, Father, in the name of Jesus. And and that love and faithfulness would never leave them. That they would be strong and courageous, Father, in the name of Jesus. That they would be uh, pure in heart and mind. And that they would have a spirit of generosity uncommon to man, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray that you would give them peace and joy and perseverance, Father. Let them throw off everything that would hinder them and sin that could so easily entangle them in the the foolishness of youth, Father. Give them humility and compassion, Father. Let them see themselves as as chosen people, a holy and uh, dearly loved uh, race, clothed with humility, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let them be content, God. Give them faith to step, God, where uh, others would be unwilling to step um, boldly for you. Give them a servant's heart, Lord. Pray that you give them hope and that there'd be a passion for you. Give them the discipline of loving and longing to be in your word. Give them a, a, a longing to be in prayer, God. Give them a heart for missions, Lord, and for the lost. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a, there's a story in... Um, in Luke uh, chapter 18 about uh, this widow. They call her a persistent widow. She went and stated her case before a judge, an unrighteous judge, a judge who was not um, lovely, did not care about the cause of this widow, and was really pretty ruthless. You know the story, Luke chapter 18. This widow stated her case And the judge said, no, I'm not going to give you what you want. She continued to state her case. She came back time and time and time again. And at some point, this ungodly judge, this unrighteous man, gave in to this widow's persistence. And he said, fine, do it. Get out of my hair. I'm going to give give you what you want so so that I can have peace of mind at some level, God would want us to have that kind of perseverant spirit that we would just continue to come after the Lord. So I want to encourage us to the extent that there are people, circumstances, places in our world that are um, discouraging. It's like, man, I continue to pray for that, or man, that one would never come to the Lord, or man, that, that work relationship, there is no way, God. I want us to remember who God is and who he has said we are, And that his desire is that all men would be saved. All women would be saved. And that his desire is that there would be peace on earth. And to the extent that there's uh, some truth that we need to continue to keep coming and coming and coming to God, let us be found uh, faithful doing that. You know, for, for many of us, we need to just ask the question, What is it today, Lord? What is it today that you would want me to be praying for? For myself. For someone that you've given me influence with. For someone who uh, is carrying a burden that they can't carry it by themselves, but I can intercede for them. For bondages that so easily enslave us. You know, we have an enemy, Satan. And he is not just, uh, he's not playing with squirt guns. He is playing with the real deal and he will do whatever he can to take us out. Let me just run through very, very quickly some, uh, I'll call them points of ambush. That he could come after with us. He he could use alcohol as a point of ambush. He could use bitterness or unforgiveness. Uh, he does that in my life. Satan does. He could use some cultural idolatry, whether it's uh, uh, status or or video games or music or what. He could use the fear of death. He could use depression and divorce. I'm never good enough how could I go to God how could, God says that he hates divorce how in the world could I come to God that's a lie that's a lie he could use drugs Satan could use drugs or eating disorders or parental issues with, uh, with elderly parents that are um, just antagonistic with you uh, financial chaos, uh, generational sins immorality, the list goes on and on and on of ways that Satan can attack us. And we either sit back and we kind of are on our heels or we storm the gates. We storm the gates of hell with a powerful prayer, with prayer that only can be God's and God's alone. Um, I'm going to pray. And uh, uh, as I pray, if there are people in your world that you say, I'm going to stand in the gap for them, If there is a circumstance in your world where you just need to stand before the Lord and say, God, that's me. If there is a unspeakable thought in your brain, but God knows it, as I pray, I'm gonna pray God's word, I pray that you would just stand. And you would, it's not for anybody else to see, it's for God to see in such a way that we can pick a stand um, for righteousness through our prayers. So pray with me, if you will. And uh, if the Lord should convict you on, on anything, um, just, uh, just lay before the Lord. Nobody's going to ask you to state what that is. Father, uh, your word says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turned from their wicked ways, I will hear and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so, God, as a nation, as a church, as a follower of you, as a friend to others, God, We just, we stand right now. Your word says to cast our cares on you and you will sustain us, God. Your word says to call unto me and I will answer. Lord, your word says that until now you've not asked for anything. Ask and you will receive. Father, your word says to not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Lord, your word says that the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to you. God, to the extent that we want that, Father, your word says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and he delivers them. Would you deliver us, God? Would you deliver our loved ones from times of trouble? Lord, thank you that you are close to the brokenhearted, and as we think of those who are brokenhearted in our lives, we stand for them right now, God. Lord, your word says that you love to hear the prayers of the righteous. And God, our righteousness is only in the shed blood of Christ. Thank you that you promise that you will hear and respond to the prayers of the destitute, and you will not despise our pleas. Thank you for your promise of rescuing. Thank you, God, that when we call upon you, you answer, and you make us bold and stout-hearted. Father, and so, for um, those that are represented by the stances today, for the pain, for the sorrow, for the addictions, for that which is overwhelming, God, hear our prayers. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Practically speaking, you know, um, we all, uh, you can subscribe to things. I have uh, praying for my wife. It's just a good little discipline. I have a little sheet that I pray Monday through Saturday, different things that are important in my life. And, And I think prayer is easier for some people than others. Um, but I don't think that it, that gives us a pass not to do it, right? So um, uh, Christy and I have just a little gift for you on the way out if you want it. There's a, just a reminder to be in prayer. And, uh, and so, so um, I, I carry this little cross in my pocket. Many of you have seen that before. There's a little poem that goes with it. It says, I, I carry this cross in my pocket as a simple reminder to me of the fact that I'm a Christian no matter where I may be. This little cross is not magic, nor is it a good luck charm. It isn't meant to protect me from every physical harm. It's when I put my hand in my pocket to bring out a coin or key, the cross is there to remind me of the price he paid for me. So I, put my, so I carry this cross in my pocket, reminding no one but me that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life, if only I'll let him be. So uh, again, if, if that would be of encouragement to you, they'll be in the back. If that would be of encouragement to you in such a way that, that um, yeah, I'm just I, I I'm reminded I need to pray. I need to pray at Walmart. I need to pray when I, get the, when I go to the gas station. I need to pray at the dry cleaner. I need to pray for my next door neighbor. Um, be encouraged. Be encouraged that you can take ground And uh, my encouragement is that you not only take ground, but you find some way just to mark that ground daily in such a way that you can look back and say, oh yeah, we were going through a really hard time with child, pregnancy, whatever, and this is what God did, you know. Um, And there may be a lot of we're still seeking, we're still seeking the Lord. Having said that, um, we're going to go into a time of communion in just a couple of minutes and um, what we're gonna do today is rather than standing or um, feeling any needs whatsoever um, for you to be um, having to respond we're just gonna put uh, some tracks Ben is gonna put some tracks down in such a way that you can just pray you can pray through our communion service as appropriate so would you just do this right now if you're with somebody pair up with them and just pray right this minute what's on your heart, and if you're not with somebody, um, don't, don't feel any need to get socially close with somebody, but just lift uh, what is on your heart right now. We're just going to take a minute to do that before we go into communion. Mm-hmm.